Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I never imagined that my job as a park ranger in Sequoia National Park would lead me to the edge of the unknown. Strange disappearances and gruesome discoveries had plagued a remote lake nestled deep within the park's lush wilderness. As the reports grew more disturbing, my fellow ranger and I embarked on a quest for answers, unknowingly delving into a world of cryptids and dark secrets. It all began with a Reddit thread. Late one night, during our research, we stumbled upon a series of accounts detailing encounters with a creature dubbed the Lake Serpent. Witnesses claimed to have seen a massive, aquatic, cryptid lurking beneath the lake's surface. Its monstrous presence believed to be responsible for the recent disappearances and mutilated animal carcasses. Driven by a sense of duty and curiosity, we set out to investigate the claims. The lake lay before us its tranquil facade concealing the mysteries that lay within. We scoured the area, meticulously documenting any signs of the cryptid's existence. Footprints, eyewitness testimonies, and unsettling legends further fueled our determination. Days turned into weeks, and our pursuit grew more intense. Our research led us down a dark path, uncovering a history of strange occurrences and a story that had long been whispered among locals. Folklore spoke of a cursed lake, a gateway to a realm where ancient creatures dwelled, hidden from the prying eyes of the world. Then, on a calm afternoon, as the sun cast its golden glow over the lake's surface, it happened. The water rippled, breaking the serene tranquility. 
We stood frozen, breathless, as the behemoth creature emerged from the depths. The lake serpent. Its form was majestic yet terrifying. Scales glistened under the sunlight, and a powerful roar reverberated through the air. For a fleeting moment time stood still, and we were face to face with a creature that defied reason. But as quickly as it had appeared, the lake serpent vanished. It slipped beneath the surface, leaving us stunned and awestruck. We exchanged a knowing glance, understanding the weight of the truth we now held. Yet, even as the adrenaline coursed through our veins, a hint of melancholy settled upon us. We knew that no one would believe our account of the cryptid that rivaled the legendary Loch Ness Monster. We had witnessed something extraordinary, but our experiences would be met with skepticism and dismissed as mere fiction. As we stood there overlooking the lake, we silently vowed to protect its secrets and preserve the delicate balance between the known and the unknown. I had a sketchy experience yesterday, figured I'd share the story. It was about 4 a.m., and I had just gotten done reading that Fleshgate dump thread that was up here yesterday when I decided it was time to go out back for a smoke. I usually handle that stuff fine, but some stories in the thread managed to get to me, partially because there were a few encounters that allegedly happened in Pennsylvania. I live in Maryland, so not in my state, but still way too close for comfort. For the story's sake, behind my house there is about 15 yards of thin woods, and behind those woods are apartments. To the right of my house there is a big clearing, with a patch of bamboo behind that, all this is pitch black, mind you. Also, there is a woman on the ground level of the apartments that I think watches me smoke sometimes. Her flat sits on a hill, so she has a good view of my house and the surrounding area. This will be important later. So anyway, I stepped out the glass sliding door on my room to my backyard, and things started to get weird. Once I got out there, I started to hear me yelling coming from the bamboo. I have a cat, so part of me wanted to investigate. It sounded like it was young and possibly injured, but I obviously decided of all that because 4 a.m. The cat, however, kept making the same exact cry over and over at what seemed like perfect five-second intervals. I eventually just started to ignore it. I lit up my cig and instantly felt like I was being watched. After getting that sinking feeling, I started to now hear footsteps coming from the bamboo patch. It sounded too big to be a cat or something but still too small to be a human, but I wasn't quite sure. Needless to say, the Fleshgate stories in Pennsylvania had me creeped, and I couldn't see shit. So I decided to run back inside really quick and grab my glasses. While I was inside, I decided that the pitch darkness would make it too easy for something to creep up on me out of the woods, so I decided to turn on our outside light, underneath our deck as well. Here is where I really started to nope. After I stepped back outside with the light on, I noticed the lady across the way also turned on her porch light. She has a glass sliding door that faces in my direction as well. At first I thought nothing of this because she flicks her light on from time to time while I'm out there. I always just assumed she was nosy and wanted to make sure I wasn't doing drugs or something. So I continued to smoke my cig, still had that feeling of being watched, but the added light in my glasses made me feel secure enough to kill my cancer stick. 
I started thinking more about the lady with her light on and realized it's pretty weird that she's looking out here through the woods at 4 a.m. I mean, she literally turned on her light two seconds after I flipped mine on, almost as if she was signaling or something. I took a few more drags and thought I heard the footsteps again, but they sounded closer, like they were at the edge of my fence where the porch light couldn't quite reach. As soon as I noticed this, she turned her light off, then back on again, then off, then on. She continued this cycle for about 30 seconds before eventually shutting off all the lights in her apartment altogether. I thought about this weird pattern for a second, because she had never done that sort of thing before. Whenever I had been out there in the past, if she turned her light on, it simply stayed on until I went inside. She has never done this on them. Off, on, off, on before. I started to make a few connections in my head and right away thought of that urban legend where a lady unknowingly gets into her car with a killer in the back seat and the asshole truck driver behind her keeps riding her bumper while flashing his high beams to alert the woman to the danger. And this made me nope the F out when I started to see the similarities. Was this supposedly nosy, middle-aged woman flashing her porch light at me to alert me to something that I didn't notice? I have about a six-feet-tall fence around my yard. Something could have been waiting in the darkness on the other side of the fence where only she could see due to being atop a hill. This also got me creeped at the cat meowing. One of those things could be aware that I have a cat and tried to mimic the meow to try to lure me over. As soon as I connected these dots, I shot some bricks and went right back inside. She never flickered her light again. I didn't fall asleep until about six when the sun came up. And that's my story. I met up with my friend at his house after work at about 10 p.m. We both got off work at the same time and go to his house to hang out. We were outside on his porch near the driveway. We heard the horses across the street in the field running around, which was odd, but didn't think nothing of it. We heard a turkey squabble, which then we thought a mountain lion was out there. Shortly after that, we heard a loud and repetitive sniffing noise. Loud like a large dog sniffing in your ear. After a few seconds of wondering, we went to the edge of the road. I made a coughing noise to get a reaction from whatever it was out there. Just as I did that, we heard a very loud and aggressive grunt. We went inside to grab a rifle and a flashlight. We for sure thought it was a bear or a mountain lion, and we knew it was close. We went back to the edge of the road. The road separates his driveway from the field where the noise was coming from. He shined his flashlight in the direction of the noises his fanning-type pattern. His first pass reveals nothing, but on his second pass we freaked. There wasn't much light except the motion detector and our flashlight. With that, we saw the figures of two creatures in crouched potion just in front of the fence in the field. They were literally 15 feet or so in front of us. Their eyes were staring right back at us, and they were close together on their faces, not like a horse. Just then, one of them stood up on two legs. At this point, I had moved to the side a little because I did not want my friend in my line of fire, just in case. I had a diagonal view of the creatures now. I can tell you that this thing stood about seven, eight feet tall because the fence hit five feet tall and this creature rested its forearms on top of the fence without effort. I mean, it could have scaled the fence easily. The other creature remained crouched. I could see their surl-shaped heads. They had a shadow. 
Because the light, so their shapes were pretty clear, and we were so close, the measurements of Thier's shadows were not too far off from actual. The one that stood was incredibly big. He was boasting his chest out, maybe to intimidate us, or for defense. We all just stood there for a minute, looking at one another. I was asking my friend what he thought it was, and he did not know. My friend is an avid hunter of all game, and has never encountered anything like it. We then realized that is weird, and also realized how close we were to these creatures. We could see that the one crouched was smaller than the one standing, so the creature might have gotten defensive and backed up. We were scared, but did not feel threatened. However, the creature could have easily scaled the fence and got us if it wanted. I mean, it was probably watching us long before we saw it. Our fear finally sunk in, and we went inside to look out the windows. We did not see anything else, but the dogs in his backyard started barking about a minute or two after we came inside. Dogs that live in the area always bark due to other animals that wander down the mountain, which is a clear shot from the field where this creature was. I have not been to his house at night ever since, and he has recently moved from the residence anyhow. At the time, I was a college student and have since did service in the military, and I am single father. I have no need to make this up. I'm not sure what I saw was a Bigfoot, but I know it wasn't a horse, mountain lion, or bear. Bears do not live in this part of the area. They live in the region, but not here. This part of the valley is too dry, and fear food source is not here either. I researched the bear population and the likelihood of a bear entering this area. It is not common. What I saw stood like a large man. Mm, moved like a man and looked like a man, but was not. This is the first time I have formally reported this. My buddy came down to archery hunt deer with me one year. I took him to a spot where I'd had a few decent bucks on camera in a big bowl with a pine thicket right smack in the middle. We set up on the downwind side of the thicket in the same tree. We didn't see much that evening. It got dark, and we decided to call it quits and climb down. I got down first and started packing up my climber, and he had just hit the ground when I heard leaves crunching a little ways off, and I said, Shut. Listen, and the crunching got closer. And closer. And then it was close enough that we could hear it breathing. Hard. My first thought was bare, and I started scrambling for my flashlight. I got it out of my pocket, and by this time, whatever monstrous creature we heard was about twenty feet from us. I got my light flicked on just in time to see my cocker spaniel barreling towards me. I started laughing and turned around to look at my buddy, and he wasn't there. I shined around, nothing. I shined up in the tree we just came out of, and there was my buddy clinging onto that old oak for dear life about ten feet up. So yeah, that's the story of my 35-pound cocker spaniel tree and my 240-pound best friend. This was a few years ago in my old house around Halloween. One day, I, 43 male, was home alone in my house. I have a wife, three kids, and a dog. I'm in my basement cutting wood and working, when all of a sudden I hear thumping on the ceiling above me, first level floor. It's rhythmic and almost perfectly in beat. I'm a handy man and do a lot of my own fixing and know the usual sound houses make. This was not usual. 
I start to follow the thumping around the first floor. It's as if someone, thing, is walking around. I call out my wife's name. No answer. My kids, no answer. Just soft moaning. That is getting louder with the thumps. My dog is with me in the basement and following the sound with me with this tail straight up, completely silent. This was weird because I have a loud, jumpy dog. I then slowly follow the thumping to the steps and I hear a weak old woman's voice calling for Jimmy. Not my name, but my name does start with AJ. Over and over. Ignoring my hellos, she keeps walking around my first floor, calling out moaning, thumping. I grab my dog by the collar and leave out the basement door and walk around the outside of my house. Worth noting, I've had a lot of weird supernatural things happen in my life, especially around Halloween, but could feel this was different, very different. I go up to the street and there is a younger couple calling out for someone. Let's say Nancy for the sake of this. I go up to them and say, Are you Jimmy? The young guy looks at me in simultaneous relief and confusion crossed his face. He tells me that's his dad's name, but he passed years ago. Turns out Nancy was his mom with some kind of mental issue. She snuck out of their house up the road. Her family lived in my house before we did. Didn't know that, and she was having some kind of episode. Went looking for her husband in her home. Oh, also she has a wooden leg. Don't know the story, but that was the thumping. We got her home safely, and I also double-locked my doors from that point on. I've always been the kind of man who thrived in adversity. As a Navy SEAL, it was practically a job requirement. But nothing could have prepared me for the icy, relentless wilderness of the Arctic. Our mission was simple on paper. Secure a downed satellite containing sensitive technology before it fell into the wrong hands. But in practice, it was far from simple. We weren't alone out here. A team of mercenaries, hired by some shadowy organization, was hot on our heels. The mission turned into a deadly game of cat and mouse. Each move we made was countered. Each trail we left was followed. The Arctic didn't care who we were or what our mission was. The weather was harsh and unforgiving. Blizzards reduced visibility to almost zero. The bitter cold seeped into our bones, no matter how much gear we wore. Our supplies dwindled faster than we anticipated. Every ration, every bullet, every piece of equipment became a lifeline. We'd been trained for situations like this. Survival, evasion, resistance, escape. The core principles of SEER training echoed in our minds. But it was more than just training. It was our sheer willpower and determination that kept us going. The mercenaries were relentless. They had the advantage of superior numbers and seemed to always be one step ahead. But we were SEALs. We were trained to fight against the odds. We managed to locate the satellite in a remote ice cavern. The mercenaries descended upon us like a pack of wolves. Gunfire echoed off the icy walls, turning the cavern into a deadly echo chamber. We fought back, utilizing our training and the harsh environment to our advantage. Ice became cover. Snow became a blinding weapon. The howling wind masked our movements. One by one, we neutralized the threat. With the enemy dealt with, we secured the satellite. It was a small victory, but a victory nonetheless. 
We were battered, exhausted, and still miles from our extraction point. But we had completed our mission. The journey back was a test of endurance. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Our buddies screamed for rest, for warmth. But we knew we couldn't stop. Not yet. When the rescue chopper finally appeared on the horizon, it was the most beautiful sight I had ever seen. We were going home. As I sat in the chopper looking out over the vast, unforgiving wilderness, I couldn't help but feel a sense of pride. We had faced the harshest conditions, a relentless enemy, and our own personal demons, but we had prevailed. We were SEALs and we never left the mission incomplete. I lived in the tri-state area of Virginia. I had a lot of strange experiences in the woods that surrounded the property I grew up on. Now that I'm older, I'm just now realizing how weird these experiences are. Two of them stick out hardcore in my mind as super weird. My first experience I was wandering in the woods across from my house. I loved going up there and doing and finding things like old bottles, rocks, and just whatever caught my attention. You know, dumb kid stuff. I, however, did notice the bones, multiple large piles of bones. I just figured that some hunter had just left the carcasses out in the woods. It was turning dark, and I was headed back home, but I heard something behind me whispering my name. The voice was raspy and sounds broken in a weird way. I started running back in the direction of the house. The sound of footsteps followed me to the edge of the woods. A road ran in between my house and the woods. I turned around and looked back. I saw what looked like a dark shadow darting back into the woods. The second one is much more scary to me as I was older and remember it much more clearly. It was late at night. My mom wasn't home at this as she was at a party and was going to be hanging out there for a few days that summer break. It was the middle of the night. I had been spending it on the computer watching YouTube. I had gotten up to get something from the kitchen to drink. 
As I was coming back, I heard my pet bloodhound scratching and howling on the outside of the door to be let in. Our house was fenced in, so when she needed to go out, I'd just let her out and close the door, waiting for her to scratch at it to be let back in. I hadn't remembered letting her out, but I figured I had just forgotten about it. As I was about to unlock and open the door, I heard growling from behind. I had let her out, but had let her back in just a few hours ago before dark. She and the other dogs were standing behind me, growling at the door, fully ready to attack what was on the other side. I noticed that the scratching had stopped, but the howling had distorted, sounding more like broken version of it. I heard whatever was at the door run off. I tried to look out the window to see what was there. All I saw was two yellow glowing eyes staring back at me from those woods. Nowadays, I would chalk all this up to a vivid imagination, but I've never been able to imagine things as I have a fantasia, so I have absolutely no clue to what this was. I figure it was a skinwalker because I remember hearing that the local national park that would always pay actual Indians to travel up from, I think, Arizona to take part of the reenactment. But I don't know that's why I'm posting it here to see what you guys think. Although I no longer live here, mostly because of what happened, this experience has always stuck with me, and the near thought of it leads me to many sleepless nights. Not the scariest thing, but strikes me as out of the ordinary. I used to live in pretty much the middle of nowhere, in the corner of Wyoming, about two miles away from a town with a couple hundred people inhabiting it. My father had always been a very hard-working, self-disciplined man, and so he wanted me to be like him, and he would always send me out to perform chores around our somewhat industrialized cabin. Nearby, within viewing distance, there was a poorly maintained walking trail near a river. We never really saw anyone walking it, and we weren't sure how it wasn't completely overgrown. This particular night, my father sent me out to water the garden, which was conveniently placed pretty far away from the house, just across the trail, and so I had left the house with the water. I am a pretty tough guy when facing animals other people in real life scares, but paranormal things have always shook me to my core. As I am traversing the lightly bushed plains, I spot a small flickering light in the distance. At first I brush it off, but I soon realize that the light was moving closer to me, and it seemed to be going along the trail. I had never once seen anything other than the occasional squirrel travel that trail, but here the light came. I decided to crouch down behind a bush, because around the area most people weren't very friendly and usually had very little social interaction. The first sense was sight, seeing the light. Then I began to hear thudding coming from the same direction. The thud became a gallop, and I immediately knew it was a horse. The place where I was may have been old-timey, but people didn't usually ride horses. As I am crouched in the bushes, only about age twelve, I am scared to death. This is around two in the morning, and nobody should be out. Nobody is ever really out in general around here. As the horse approached, it finally turned the bend, and I see a somewhat small, pretty young girl riding the horse. She was wearing an 1800-style faded green dress, a hat, and holding a torch. She was riding pretty fast, and had been looking back every couple seconds and screaming father. 
but since I knew it was a young lady, I decided to step out of the bushes and say hello. Are you all right? I said. She sped up even more. The horse seemed out of control, and she just sped past, and she was gone as soon as she came. The torchlight faded out of sight, and I continued my journey to water the garden, hearing her screams for her father slowly get more quiet and fade into the darkness of the Wyoming forest. For some reason, little me didn't find it odd that a young girl was riding a horse alone in the pitch darkness of a Wyoming forest with an 1800s-style dress and a torch at two in the morning in an area with pretty much no people. I was a dim child. When I arrived home, my dad was fast asleep, and so I decided to wait until the morning to tell him. When the morning arrived, I told him about the girl, and he said the exact same thing happened to him less than a decade ago. The same girl, same clothes, same torch, same horse, screaming father. What my dad said sent a shiver down my spine, and I will always remember the strange girl, probably a ghost riding past me in the middle of nowhere. Never heard of it again, but my childhood friend who was in the area did say that he remembers some sort of legend with something to do with a girl and a horse. But other than that, I have no idea what happened. Maybe I'll never know. I'm not sure what to call this thing. All I know is that it is nowhere near human. If I remember correctly, my first encounter with it was when I was around 10 or 12. I'm turning 20 in four days. It's all fuzzy. What I do remember is that at the time I was, we were one in the state of California and two playing hide-and-seek outside with a few of my friends for privacy's sake. We will just call them Ray and Fan. It was already pretty late. I'd say about 6.47 p.m. It was in the autumn, so sun was practically gone by this time. It was Ray's turn to seek me and Finn decided to run off together since we both didn't really like the dark all that much. The phones with lights were still pretty expensive, so none of us had one. The only thing we had was one of those old shake lights that you have to shake to charge. Anyways, it had been about ten minutes since the round started. Ray got close, but never close enough to find us. It was funny for a bit until me and Finn heard it. It sounded like a low growl. Like a wolf, but just deeper and more messed up, kind of like it was sort of underwater. I remember when we heard it. We both yelled and ran out running to Ray. Ray! Oh, there you guys. Why do you guys look scared? At the moment, me and Fan were pretty scared and shaken up, and we just wanted to get out of there. We kind of looked at each other in silence, then grabbed Ray by the shoulder and guided him out, not daring to look back. And honestly, the only reason I didn't look back was because I swore I could hear it following us. We barely got any sleep that night, especially when the house was old. It just wouldn't stop making those creepy sounds you always hear at the worst times possible. I believe it was around 6.33 a.m. when I decided to try to get sleep. I went to wash my face off in the bathroom. I shit you not while washing my face, I saw it behind me. The only details I could get in that moment before I freaked out is that it had blood-red eyes and its body was like pure black. At that point, I knew damn well that I wasn't going to be able to sleep, so I turned on the TV and just watched some cartoons for the rest of the day, trying to keep whatever I saw out of my head. Fast forward a week, and we kind of forgotten it. 
Already out in the forest playing the game once more. This time we were out till 7 or 7.25 p.m. It was around that time I just held the shake light closed, making sure to keep it charged as I wandered around looking for Ray and Finn. But instead of finding them, I found it instead whatever the fit was because of how dark it was and its black body I could barely make out any features. Didn't help that it was looming over a dead deer eating at the carcass. I didn't even care that it ate the bones as well. What I could make out with the light and because of the blood was that it had a reptilian-like jaw. Not like a snake or a lizard, honestly. It was more like what you see on a dragon yet. Its teeth and the amount it had were just uncanny. I was frozen with fear for a bit, but when it realized I was there, I dropped the light and ran for my dam. Life yelling for Ray and Finn to get out as well. I thought it was following me, but it was just Ray and Finn catching up to me. As we all ran inside, they tried to ask me what the F happened, but I honestly was too scared to even talk, just hugging them both glad that they made it out and away from that thing. I didn't get much sleep that night as well. Honestly, I'm surprised I got any sleep, but now, I regret even laying down that night since when I woke up. I was in a paralysis-like state, unable to move and struggling to breathe. Whatever I saw in the forest was right at the foot of my bed, crouching down just to fit into my room, so had to be at least eight feet, if not taller. The morning light kind of revealed that I was correct about the dragon-like faith. Well, dragon mixed with a bit of wolf. I could kind of hear something dripping as it slowly inched up onto the bed. <sighs> I was scared shitless and completely immobile. It got right above my face, its mouth slightly open like it was going to eat me. It just sat there like that for eternity, but suddenly it lunged and I finally broke free and yelled. After a second of just screaming, I realized I was still alive and that my mother had come to tuck up on me. Seeing how scared I was, she ran over to make sure I was okay. All I could do was sit there shaking out of terror, and the only thing that anything had happened was a huge print in my bed sheets. It was kind of black like ink, but it was quickly disappearing. From that day on, it just kept getting worse. I had horrific night terrors, constantly had sleep paralysis where I would see him take many forms. Fast forward a half of a year, we hit our breaking point. Me! Ray and Finn are having a sleepover at my house, just playing Minecraft since it was still new and we loved building games. It was around 4.54 p.m. and dinner had just gotten done when we heard it. A loud thud on the roof that slowly became scratching as low, demonic-like growls followed the scratching. At this point, my dad has had enough and grabbed two guns asking Finn to follow since he was the oldest out of us three. Fifteen at the time, almost sixteen. They went outside to see what the hell it was themselves and to see if they could kill it once for all. It kind of started to rain a bit when they went outside and me and Ray were not allowed near the door, since my dad didn't want it to be able to lung down and take us. But as a minute turned into almost twenty minutes, slowly hearing them get louder and louder, practically yelling at whatever it was. I was about to open the door when Ray pulled me away and I heard two gunshots. Then three more as my dad is yelling, screaming. After a moment, he ran inside, slamming the door close and locking it just breathing heavily. Finn was nowhere to be seen, and we kind of just thought of the worst since Dad did kind of have a bit of blood on him. His leg was sort of broken as well, the bone was showing. 
almost made me puke on the spot. Dad's kind of fine now since he had an implant, but for Finn, we were right to think the worst, because I recently learned that, yes, Finn indeed died that day. They have yet to find his body and Dad just has not been the same. The next day, I had to say bye to Ray since Dad just couldn't handle being in that house anymore, and we moved all the way to Washington as soon as we could. We have been here since, but I think it followed us. On my late-night walks, I can sometimes hear something following me, and my dad just doesn't want me to talk about it. The only details I've gathered from my dad about the creature is that it's nine feet tall, has dragon-like wings, wolf-dragon-like head. Its body was dripping like ink tar, and it had spikes down its back. It's hard to talk to dad about any other details because he's just gone down a road of drinking, but honestly, I think it's back. I'm scared. I don't want anyone to die again, and I don't want to move once more. And I get that I didn't really see it myself, but it still scars me, and I still have sleep paralysis. The nightmares about it. One, 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 one. I was in my mid-teens with a friend who was staying the night. We were looking out of my bedroom window, which was on a hill about three miles inland from the sea. This is the south coast of the United Kingdom, so had a panoramic view out to sea. You could see miles both east and west, as well as out to the horizon. Clear night, you could see the sea quite clearly. I guess there was probably some light from the moon. Over on the far left, so east, about five, six red lights seemed to flicker into existence on the surface of the sea. They were quite bright, but nothing crazy. But they were moving to the right, incredibly fast. Light. Faster than any boat you could imagine, basically streaking across. They'd sort of go one at a time in quick succession, slightly flickering as they went. They went in little bursts, like maybe 10% of the full area I could see. Then another 10%, etc. My friend and I were amazed. Couldn't work out what the hell they were, and kept staring. After about two three minutes they pretty much got all the way to the right. Then they all seemed to flicker out completely. Then they reappeared back where they'd started, and the whole thing started again. My memory is they completely flickered out this time a bit sooner, and that was it. The whole thing was about five, six minutes, so there is just no rational thing this can have been to me, other than flotillas of impossibly fast boats which I just can't see in a million years how they could have been that, given the speed and behavior. And also, who the hell is doing that with what would have to be two sets of boats at 11 p.m. at night? And coordinating it so one lot left immediately after the first, etc. The other option is someone shining lights out to sea from the beach, I guess. But it's much too big an area, and anyway, the lights were twinkling in a way that meant they were clearly shining out. And again, who the hell would have set that up for some weird five-minute display? So, yeah, aliens, I guess. Even then, floating aliens. Never really heard of those. Although there are some stories of craft coming out of the sea egg, some elements of the Nimitz story. All just very weird anyway.